I'm Chelsea Zaccato. And I'm Natalie Heacock. And this is Lumber Slingers. Each podcast, we will be bringing you relevant and useful industry information, including interviews with top lumber professionals and discussion of current events in the industry. Whether it be lumber grading, industry and market trends, or who's who in lumber, we hope to extend your current tally on industry knowledge. How's it going? Good. I'm good. How are you? Good. Just living that lumber life. Lumber, lumber. Guess what today is? What is it? Uh, We finally have some voicemails. (laughs) (laughs) We finally have enough accumulated to do an entire episode of voicemails and I am stoked. Yeah. Um, Thank you for anybody who called in. We appreciate it. Um, We have some good questions. So think we're gonna dive right into them what do you think let's do it let's do it wait tell everyone our number in case they want to do it so we in case they want to call in so we can do another episode on this later oh okay um put me on the spot here oh, sorry sorry <laughs> i don't know the beginning it's 503 503-660-8058 503-660-8058 yeah right? Yep. You're okay. right. <laughs> Sorry. I had to keep pulling it up. I'm, I, I don't <laughs> um, it's all good. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pull some of these up. One moment. All right. We're going to start with this one. Um, this is Sean from Portland. Hi, this is Sean from Portland. I really enjoy listening to your podcast. Uh, and I do have a quick question. So how, um, how has the lumber industry evolved in recent years? I mean, it's uh, interesting that um, that you guys are are really prominent in a historically male-run business. But what do you see for the future? What are the key trends and challenges that, that you observed or you think are coming up? Again, I really appreciate the podcast, and I look forward to these answers. Aw, thanks, Sean. Really appreciate your phone call. Um, you got some good questions in there. So I think... It's a two-part question, right? How has it changed and where do we see it going? So not trends, trends in the future. Yeah. Okay. Uh, You're going to say AI, AI, AI. Uh, Yes, but I actually was going to say something else, which was that um, I, well, okay. We just came off a little trip uh, for work, a little work trip. And it was one of my first trips, which I can't stop talking about, obviously, because this is the third time Chelsea's heard me talk about this this morning. Mm -hmm. But one of the interesting trends that I saw is that we keep talking about and hearing about baby boomers retiring and what is that going to be and what's happening in our industry and consolidation and M&A and da, 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 da. But I feel like on my recent trip, it was very prominent. And I think there's going to be a lot of turnover in the market. But what I also realized is that doesn't mean it's going to be all mergers and acquisitions. I think we're going to see a trend coming up more soon than we thought of transition into new ownership and new generations. Yeah. And that's funny that you were going to say that for what you see in the future, because that's actually what I was going to say. I've noticed in the past five years, I would say, of being on the road visiting 
not just customers, but suppliers as well. You show up and all of a sudden there's a new person that's shadowing the person who you've been working with. And that that's been happening regularly in the last five years, I would say to where I I'm not surprised when I see these mergers and acquisitions happening, because it's apparent to me that there's not enough people taking over these positions. And I think that's something that you and I always talk about is the incredible opportunity that this industry has. If you are looking into business ownership or leadership or just getting involved into a company where you know you can have a future at like the lumber industry has that all over the place you know you can start like you said at the bottom anywhere and work your way to the top because most likely they need the help right so they need you at the top they need you at the top so I think that's funny because my first thought was well I've noticed this over the last five years um but we're going to keep seeing it and seeing seeing it happen more frequently and then not only that you know when there's somebody, what we hear is, you know, I don't have any kids that want to get into the business or I don't have mm-hmm. any family that wants to take this over. Cause a lot of times these companies are family run businesses. And so when they don't have anybody that wants to come in, they're more open to selling, right. Or having somebody entertain the idea of acquiring them as part of their lumber company. So yeah, and something else I noticed, and this like is not statistically backed and don't quote me, but just from my own observations, what I keep noticing is we're, we are missing 40 to 55 year olds. It's really interesting when these mm-hmm. companies are turning over or transitioning, it's to people in their thirties. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to even how our company is, you know, like, I don't know what the trend was at the time. If we go back, to see I know the spotted owl was happening what exactly happened where people chose a different industry I'm not sure I feel like also the recession like 2008 that probably had something to do with it we didn't hire for quite a while during that time period Mm -hmm. spotted owl I mean I'm sure there's lots of different reasons but it's really interesting like the economics behind why we're missing like that age gap it's really interesting Right. Yeah. That's a really good point. Okay. But now we can talk about AI. (laughs) Okay. This is my hot take on AI, future trends, AI. And I think I stole this from somebody and adapted it to myself. So I can't take credit, but, um, I think that what's going to happen with AI is it's going to be like the dot-com bubble where everyone is like jacked up chat GPT. Uh, we're going to do this AI, AI, all these things. And then it's like, people are too hyped. There's like too much investment. It's like the, the trend is not ready to be mass produced yet. Like we're a little bit too early and there's going to be a bubble, an AI bubble. It's going to crash. Then it's going to come back. Like the internet came back where the internet is everywhere. It is everything. It is what the dot-com people predict predicted. It was just a scotch bit too early. And I Mm -hmm. think that's what's going to happen with AI in a certain way. I mean, maybe not. I think some pieces of AI will stay around forever, but I think there's a lot more progress that needs to happen in that area before it's like generally like adapted into the lumber industry, any industry, honestly. Yeah, I think that's a really good point you bring up because even just this last week, I was looking into some integration into some 
And it does appear to me like it's actually not there yet. Um, you can mm-hmm. look at, you know, you hear we need to be integrating this into our business and AI this, AI that. When you actually look, start looking into it, and again, this is my experience, not maybe what the fact is. This is just what I have found so far is that I'm not finding that it's up to what I kind of thought it was, you know, where maybe where like the chat GPT is where you can just, it can just like (laughs) do something for you right when you ask it to. It's a little bit more, seems a little bit more complicated than that right right now. And um, there's simple ways we can integrate AI into our business um, through things that are ready to go. But I agree. I think there's a little bit of catching up to do, not only on like getting it integrated into all these systems and softwares, but also on the adaption side, there's early adopters and then there's people that are not going to come onto it until it's generally accepted, like you said. Yeah. And I think too, um, making sure we differentiate between automation and AI. So I do think that there's a lot of automation that can be done and it's happening and I've seen it in mills and, you know, that's kind of like, you know, things like a trace order or an automatic grader where like a human checks that like, is that kind of AI kind of automation combined, but that stuff is happening. I'm seeing that, you know, we're seeing that where we go. And I think there'll be a lot more of that because you just, there aren't as many people who want to pull green chain. So mm-hmm. we need to figure that piece out. Right. It's like the technology is coming along right as labor is lacking mm-hmm. and, and people don't want to work. I mean, right. There's, you know, you can get paid the same amount of money for doing a lot less labor intensive work. And right. A lot of people would rather do that. Yeah. I mean, and it it's a it can be challenging to see the benefit up front when you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on implementing new equipment that replaces humans, but the return is there. And it sounds bad saying we're replacing humans, but we're replacing people who aren't there anymore. So it's not like we're replacing people and then they aren't going to have a job. Plenty of, you know, plenty of labor jobs still needed until that happens. But even after it happens, you still need humans there like to help. Right. I know I'm going to butcher this. I was reading an article this week about um, there's this manufacturing plant that manufactures trusses. Mm-hmm. They only need one person. They run three shifts and they only need one person per shift to manufacture these trusses because they've completely automated their entire process. Wow. And the, I guess it's been like happening for a while now and it's like nobody knew about it. And then now it's come out that this, I think there's 12 facilities that run like this. So <laughs> it's, um, I want to say it was Menards, but I don't want to really put that out there because I, I like can't verify that information. Interesting. But yeah. Interesting. Did we answer it? Did we get, did we get there? Um. So I think, so they asked, you know, Sean was asking what are, what we see in the future and what are key trends and challenges that we've observed? Oh, yeah. I think that answers the question. Thanks for being our very first voicemail, Sean. We appreciate yes, you. Thanks, Sean. What a guy. All right, I'll click on the next one. One moment. Hi, Lumber Slingers. This is Laura calling from Boone, North Carolina. You guys are awesome. And 
uh, appreciate so much the information you can provide on the lumber industry. So my question for you today is when people have a concern about the environmental impact on wood they may be purchasing, what kind of sustainable practices or certifications should they look for when they're purchasing wood products to make sure that their concerns are addressed? Thank you. That's my question, and I'm looking forward to hearing the answer. Have a great day. Oh, thanks, Laura. Laura from Boone, North Carolina. So this is a passionate subject for me at the moment because being on the road so much, I'm beginning to see a lot of uh, alternatives flood our market, wood alternatives. And so I think you can answer this question several ways. We can get into certification bodies like FSC, PEFC, et cetera. Or I could also talk about, I understand like wood prices have very much fluctuated in the last couple of years and throughout our lifetime. But why are we using all these composite materials? There's materials that are being made out of plastic that are not wood. And they're going to go into a landfill eventually, right? And wood can go back into the earth. So first of all, I think it's just almost like, why aren't we still just using wood? in a lot of these projects. And then you say, well, this costs much less and it has a lifetime warranty. Well, I'm visiting customers who are saying their lifetime warranty decking, that is a composite decking, is now coming back on the warranty 20 years later. So I don't think things last forever. I think that I feel better about putting something sustainable on my house and knowing that it'll last, knowing that I can refinish it, knowing that if I ever have to replace it, I can use it as firewood or haul it away and it will go back into the world. Or somebody will want it as reclaimed something. Right. Right. So I guess being somebody who only sells wood and doesn't sell any of those alternatives, I am fiercely behind selling this natural product and finding a way to use solid wood or, you know, this renewable, renewable natural product, you know? Right. Selling a renewable resource is, there's something to be said about that because, and I think most of us in the lumber industry uh, agree and acknowledge that we need to do a better job and continue to push marketing efforts of how lumber is renewable and we're not taking down forests and, you know, all the bad negativity and PR that the lumber industry had back during the spotted owl times, which has really stuck around. Right. Yeah. I mean, we are like farmers where we want to harvest. Yes. And move the product. It creates an entire economy. However, other than countries where there is no involvement and they have no practice in being sustainable they don't like replant after they cut most places do but yes there are parts of the world that don't um and i know that some of those places um you know these some trees and species become endangered and like that isn't healthy or sustainable and we do need to be practicing sustainability so i i guess to answer laura's question you really have to do a little bit of homework on how your product is made and how it's harvested. 
in North America, you can mostly guarantee, unless it's some bootleg operation somewhere, that there there is sustainable harvesting going on. There are certification bodies if you're very concerned about it or if you're looking into something, building something that has a lead certification, then you can look into these bodies that will certify the product, such as... Honestly, if you Google FSC right now and you look at their logo, it you will recognize it. It's on coffee cups. It's on paper. It's on, um, well, lumber, if you were to buy a unit of lumber, it's potentially. I mean, find it in your bathroom products. I see it sometimes on like my shampoo bottle or my brush. I mean, books, I see it like in a book I buy at the airport, you know, it is everywhere and it, they definitely, um, have some good requirements depending on how you're using them in your business. Um, like Chelsea said, you know, they don't allow illegal logging. There's uh replanting requirements. There's, you know, a, a bunch of different things. Um, and, and then- each part of the chain has to certify, you know, and declare that the wood that they are using was sustainably sourced that does mean that all that homework has been done as far as where that tree came from Mm -hmm. Um, so I would just suggest you know doing a little bit of research on the kind of wood that you're looking into and where it's coming from you know I can confidently say again most most North American wood is sustainably harvested um, but worldwide if you're looking for something a little bit more exotic or if you're looking for something you know maybe that's not harvested locally you might want to look into who's doing that and what kind of certifications they hold. Feel good about using wood when you do use it because it is something that is beautiful. It ages beautiful and it's good for the planet. It's interesting. um, At our sales meeting back in August, one of our colleagues presented on um, how wood makes you feel. And um, I since that presentation, I don't know if my eyes have just been a little bit more open or what, but I've been seeing, I saw an article yesterday that some, um, body published how, um, what makes you feel. And it's a study now. And I keep seeing it everywhere. So I think that, um, biophilia. Yeah. Yeah. What was it? Biophilia. You have a great memory. <laughs> um, I saw this article yesterday it was called. Uh, it's by the California Council on Science and Technology. New wildfire smoke study finds that improving health of Californians' forests benefits human health. So, and it went into a little bit more about just how wood makes you feel. And then I also thought it was really interesting. Um, we ha- That same colleague is at a conference this week, which is, what conference is that, Chelsea? Uh, NHLA. NHLA. And he uh, sent me a, a little screenshot. He said... Uh, he just watched a presentation on benefits of wood in interior design, and it was really cool. I had asked him to get the slides, so hopefully he can get it, but he sent me a picture and it was talking a little bit differently, but it was talking about interior design using wood and like what wood is trending right now in homes. And I thought that was cool just to see like what interior designers are picking, but yeah, um, organic, bleached and blonde and texture, FYI. White oak, white oak. Yeah, white oak. Anyways, good question, Laura. Yeah, that is a great question. Wood makes you feel good. Wood is good. All right, let's hop on to the next question. Hi, this is Alyssa from Oregon. I love your podcast, and I just love learning about the lumber industry. I just have a quick question. I was wondering, where do you guys see the lumber industry heading in the next 
decade and what excites you about its future? Thanks so much. Oh, thanks, Alyssa. Thanks for calling in. Um, kind of similar to the question, you know, we got before from Sean. Um, but I think this is more forward looking. So I think something I'm most excited about is just seeing where technology takes us and also the next generation coming in. I think there's a lot of younger and excited um people coming into the industry. We're trying, you know, to get more and more. And so I'm excited to see what kind of innovations we make by getting new perspectives and different educational backgrounds into, into our industry. I know that's a very general answer, but. I think um, I, I would definitely agree with you and kind of back to my messaging. I'm excited to see where the messaging of the lumber industry goes in the next 10 years. I think, um, and I'm obviously biased, but I think we're going to come out on top of the messaging. Like people are catching on. People are understanding that wood is renewable. It's great to use in your house. Um, it's obviously good for the atmosphere and the environment and climate change. But did you say it wasn't called climate change anymore? No, it's not called global warming. It's oh, called- right. So I was right. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm on point. Um, and so I'm really excited to see where that goes. And then um, I think I'm kind of touching on all of our answers, but as these businesses are turning over, I know there's, I keep saying this, I know there's a lot of mergers and acquisitions, but I'm really excited for the businesses that are being purchased by individual people, not big corporations, not big conglomerates, not private equity. I think there's going to be a lot of innovation there and um, a, a lot of freedom to do that innovation where it's not like a corporate ladder that you have to run everything through. So I'm really excited to see where that lands us in the next 10 years on top of Obviously, I have to say AI because yeah. that will come back. It will. It will. We're most excited about AI. Next answer, AI. 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 <laughs> All right. Let's get on to the next question. This is our last question. So we had four calls. One second here. Okay. Hi. Um, my name is Melanie. I'm from Oklahoma. I'm just calling to ask, if there's one thing you guys could change about the lumber industry, what would it be and why? I love your show. I am an avid listener. Hope you guys have a great day. Was that, was that Melanie? Yeah. Okay. Thanks Melanie for calling in. Appreciate it. If we could change one thing, what would we change? I don't know. Really good question. If there's one thing we could change and why? Well, I think, um, messaging. (laughs) AI. AI. (laughs) Um, this is going to be a controversial answer. So maybe <laughs> yeah, I might, I might get lumber slingers canceled for this. And if I do, <laughs> sorry, I would like to change talking about women in lumber. Thank you. I am uh, exhausted of talking about it. I'm, like, we're get canceled. I'm tired of talking about it too. We're beating a dead horse. You're beating a dead horse. But it's like any other thing that you try to make progress on I feel like the more you talk about it the more it takes away from people who are already in those roles or people who are already trailblazing the way we're stopping and talking about something that's actively happening that hopefully has visibility now and we can just act like it's normal rather than act like it's an an anomaly right and it's like when do we stop talking about it like do we have to have some crazy statistic like 50% women now we can stop talking about it, right? Like, there is no end point. And that's what kind of, I mean, 
scares me, annoys me. I don't know what the right word is, but I just like, let's just put our heads down. Let's all on our own work to promote women, diversity, everything else that we can promote and go from there instead of like having 10 webinars a day on it. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think that, um, I'm ready to move on from the topic, but it's just something that continue continues to come up. And I don't know. I think, I think that that lumber industry isn't alone. I think most industries have always been male dominated. So, you know, cause we were expected to stay home and raise our families and, uh, be Susie homemakers, you know, that's what our parents' generation was expected to do. So this is a, a very relevant topic for any industry, but in 10 years, is it? Because now there's very much a push for equality in the workplace. And hopefully, hopefully in 10 years, it won't be a discussion or the center of discussion. Thank you for saying that so much more eloquently than I could. <laughs> no, eloquent, my middle name. okay well that's it do we have anything else no i think that that does it um i think next now what we should do is ask a question to our listeners on our voicemail that they can call in and answer what do you think about that idea Mm, okay yeah so on our next episode we will have a question at the end that we're going to ask you guys and you can call in and answer because we'd love to hear from you and love to hear your perspectives as I know there's a lot of different voices and perspectives that listen to the show. So um, we'll open that up here on our next episode. That'll be fun. Yeah. Um, And then we, our next episode is going to be basically we have a couple of good ones coming up here this month. Um, We have an interview coming up and then also we were going to do one on the sales process, sales call process. So yeah. And then we're going to do one about Chelsea on the road because I am thoroughly impressed with her and her, um, abilities to visit customers and go on like three hours of sleep and have a great attitude and answer questions like thoroughly, thoughtfully and eloquently as is her middle name. It is my middle name. I might not pronounce it right, but I am eloquent. (laughs) All right. Okay, Nat. I hope you have a great rest of your day. You too. See you soon. Bye.